It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. before they go to their next song and um, what Faith Citadel means to me and my family. Um, I came right off the campus of Wayne State University. It's convenient down wearing green and gold. Um, I was lost. I gave up on God and I was looking for something to save me. I was trying to make money. I was trying to do this and that. And then I walked down the street to this corner and sat in one of those back rows. And that's when God saved me. That's when Faith Citadel saved me. And me, myself, being a adulterer, a luster, a liar, all of those things, I was so lost. Faith Citadel saved my marriage. Faith Citadel made me the father that I am today. And Faith Citadel made me a better friend because I know what God loves does for us. And we need to continue to show God's love as we move forward in everyday life and loving each one of us together. And I really appreciate everybody that I see today, old faces and new. And thank you so much, man. Face it, it helped me so much. Thank you. Good morning, Citadel. It's such a blessing to be here, a blessing to be alive. The year was 2007. My family, we came and had service at Citadel of Faith Covenant Church that Sunday morning. That Sunday morning, we united with Citadel of Faith Covenant Church. It has been a blessing. I'll speak on three points. Being a Citadel, what has it meant to Rodney Ross and Rodney's family? Being here has reinforced my knowledge, my awareness, and my understanding of these. The absence of growth is Somebody say death. There you go. In closing, 
awesomeness of Citadel and our pastor and the teaching. Each Sunday after service, driving home, and I will say this, a miracle. What did the pastor talk about today? Miracle can tell me what pastor talked about. But wait a minute, that's not what's important though, because see, you can ask a question, and that's what that was, a question. Or you can ask a good question. Now here's what a good question is. What did you get, learn, and understand about what pastor said today? Because it's the learning, the getting, the understanding that allows for us to now have application. My 15-year-old, she can tell me what she learned, what she understood, and how to apply it. That's powerful. Thank you, Citadel family. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Pastor. God bless. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Exodus 23 through 5. Ooh. Ooh, it's real hot. It's too hot. Ooh, what's, ooh, ooh, uh, oh, I know you lying. I know you lying. Relationship, social media, addiction. Come on, not like, you know, I was just trying to get a little, little something, something, you know what I'm saying? Just a little drinky thing, a little smoky smoke, you know? Just that, that, that got me so hot. Like, I don't, Jesus, help me, somebody. Well, how did I get here? I, I, and him, oh, hey. <laughs> how did I get here? What, what, what did I do? I, I served in church 20 years I've been here. I gave my life to, to serving and doing ministry and just coming and working and doing everything that you asked. Like, how did I get here? I, I know that these things are, are pathways that, but God, how did I get here? I've done too much. I gave so much, God, in relationships. Why do I have to be in relationship with people? You know, people are funny. They're two faces. They are everything. And you want me to be in relationship with people? Ooh, it's so hot. Jesus, I, how did I get here? I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. 
I know you called me to be in relationships, but I didn't want to be in that relationship. I didn't want to give and continue to give and not get nothing in return. Why? For what? It's only benefiting them, not me. I don't get anything, but you just want me to continue to just give. He said to just give unto you, but at some point I couldn't give unto you. I started losing everything. I lost my father. I lost, I lost relationships that I held so dear, so high, that you told me don't even put on that pedestal. But I did anyway because I did what I wanted to do. I didn't do what you called me to do. But Lord, how do I make it out of here? I can't, I can't be here. It's too hot. Uh-uh, I don't like the heat. I, I can't be here. God, I, I need you. I need, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? You said, because I didn't know you. I know you. I said to Sinner's Prayer for 20 years. I said it. I said it every Sunday. When there was two services, where there was one service, I said it every Sunday. What do you mean I didn't give it all to you? If I gave it all to you, that would mean I would have nothing. I wouldn't have nothing to hold on to, to, to be upset, to be angry about, because they going on, they living their best life. But I'm here dealing with the hurt and the pain of just everything. And you keep telling me to keep going, oh no, oh no, I can't do that. But I also can't be here. I'm not going to live in hell and then die and go to hell. I can't do that. That's not going to happen. That's not going to be my story. Oh no, we're not... Lord, I need you. Where are you? Lord, help. Get me out of here. I can't be here. It's too hot. I'm already sweating. I ain't even did nothing. I just, I just was trying to go get me a little something from the corner store, and, and next thing I know, here I am. And I, I didn't, I didn't want to be here at all. Oh, no. Lord, I need you. I need you. Lord, you said to give it, give it all to you. Place it at your feet. Oh, now it's getting hotter. Did you just turn up the heat? Uh, give it to you. Now you don't want me to have nothing. I just can't have nothing. Oh, God. But I can't be here. I don't want to be here. I did too much. I came too far. So I thought. I thought my works would have got me into heaven. But clearly here I am. Because all of these things are just pathways to hell. And because I refused to change my ways and I felt like I went to church that I was going to be in heaven. Like that just earned my way in. And, but here I am, a so-called 20-plus year believer in, in hell. But I can't, I can't be that. I can't be here. Lord, I need you right now. I need you because it's, it's too hot up in here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jesus. Lord, I repent. I repent, Father, for not just, for everything, Father, I repent. For not trusting you when you said go. For not speaking when you said speak, Father. I I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you to do only what you can do. I can't be here. I don't want to be here, Father. Lord, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you in this space right now, Father. I, need, I can't be here. 
I can't. You said to give it to you. So here it is, Father. I, I placed everything at your feet. I don't want it. I don't, I, don't want it. I don't want anything to do with it. So, Lord, here I am. I give myself to you. Lord Jesus, I rededicate my life back to you. That I will be that mouthpiece that you told me to be. That I will go where you said to go. That I will pray for who you said to pray for. No matter how they scandalize my name and they lie on me and they throw me in jail for things I didn't have anything to do with, nothing. But Lord, I give it to you. I don't hold on to anything, to any ill will in my heart, Father. I give it all to you. And it's in Jesus' name because I, I know that I know that name. I know it. But I want to be closer with you. I want to be real with you in this moment, God, because I need you. Because without you, where would I be? I would be here. I don't want to be here. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. I pray that you would be with me, that you would order my steps. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Just... Oh, yeah, these threads look real nice now. Oh, yeah. Mm, I'm up out of here. See y'all, because I got to go. I can't be here. Oh, no. My name is Irene Simpson. I'm here with my daughter, Karen. She's been with me for these 20 years and longer. And she stopped me at a certain point and told me we we're gonna do this together. Well, I had a few words that I wanted to say, but I want Karen to speak for me. Because Karen is the speaker, as you m might have known. She can talk. <laughs> Good morning, Citadel. Happy anniversary. Nancy, I'm scripted too. <laughs> okay from the heart, but it's on the iPhone. 20 years ago, I received a, a tearful call from my sister and cousin in Chicago informing me that, <laughs> thank you, 20 years ago, I received a tearful phone call from my sister and cousin in Chicago informing me that their pastor was leaving the church uh, they belonged to because he had been called to pastor a church in Detroit. But little did I know that that timely call was going to be the beginning 
of an amazing church, an amazing church. And one of the most, most monumental blessings of my life, me and my mom had been praying and had been looking for a long time to find a church home. We really had been looking. And we drove up and down Woodward and we finally found Abyssinia. And when we walked in the doors, we knew we were home. Pastor, one of your many giftings is that you have always been able to articulate the word of God creatively and intelligently and in a way that could be understood by everyone and applied to all aspects of everyday life. When you taught and preach, I always told you that the Bible went from black and white to technicolor. It was like going from Kansas to Oz. The book, the Bible, became alive. Citadel was alive. And it penetrated our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. So we stand here now because of the part that you played ensuring that we understood who he is and who we are in him. And we stand firm on sound biblical foundation because of you. We got this. We live. Thank you. So with that said, I can't tell you what it has meant to me and mom to belong to Citadel and to have been part of those exciting um, days of formation when we first started. You had to have been there. Uh, and even more special, I've got to spend this last 20 years sharing this journey with my mother. So, and it's been an amazing journey for both of us. So we thank you and the wonderful leaders and the faithful servants that we served with then as well as now. We have experienced a chance to see church how it really should be. And we would not have, this would not have happened if you hadn't been obedient to your call. You were called and you came. You came, you showed up. So we know that it has not been easy and there is no way that any of this could have happened without your family without the sacrifice of Nancy and of Tiffany. So we stand here, me and mom, and we say, thank you so much for everything you have done. I, neither one of us, we would never be able to get through what has been thrown at us if it had not been for the teaching of this church. We're so grateful to not just have one family, but to have our Citadel family. And this has just been the backbone, one of the backbones of our existence is being able to call you all family and to call this home. So happy anniversary.
us to hold it together. We need a person to do the announcements. So, um, <laughs> um, but I get to know some of the stories of the people who are serving and the people who wave a flag. And in those testimonies, you recognize that God has done something to allow them to stand and worship him anyhow. I wasn't a preacher's kid, but my children are. And in moments like these, I think about Tiffany and the things that she had to endure and the things that she maybe might have had to miss out on and the times when she wanted to go home but she had to be at church or go to this place or that and I just I just thank God for her sacrifice as a child and now as a new mom and wife I only got to see pictures of Tiffany when she was younger, but I get the chance to not only be executive pastor, but youth pastor here. And I got to see Layla Treadway wave the flags. Praise unto God. And I thought, Lord, you've provided yet another way for our young people to know you. And Citadel did that. I know that I'm not the only one to see those kinds of things. I know I'm not the only one that um, has been witness to life change because I believe that so many of us are here because we've experienced that life change. And it wasn't because of a building. It wasn't because just of one church. It was because of the church. It was the body of Christ. It was the spirit of God moving in this place. And I'm so glad I get to experience it with y'all. Amen. Good afternoon, Citadel. It's good to see all y'all beautiful faces today. Glad y'all could join me. Um, I have a very special proclamation from our state of Michigan governor, Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer. It reads, Dear friends, on behalf of the state of Michigan, I would like to offer my warmest greetings and recognition to Citadel of Faith Covenant Church during its celebration of more than 20 years of serving the community. May this special occasion celebrate the church's pastor and compassionate members who have demonstrated a strong devotion to faith and dedication to serving others. Citadel of Faith Covenant Church has provided many services to its members, including worship, teachings, and guiding words. A leading example of compassion, the church has also provided the local community with the resources they need to thrive. The church and its members have gone above and beyond through their service to others. Over the past 20 years, the church has served as a place to connect countless people to their faith, valuable resources, and opportunities to serve their community. I am grateful for the members' tireless efforts to bring hope, support, and a greater sense of community to those around them, and I have no doubt that they will continue to leave a positive impact. Again, on behalf of the state of Michigan, I would like to congratulate the Citadel of Faith Covenant Church on its decades outstanding service to countless people. I send my best wishes for their continued success in every endeavor. Sincerely, Gretchen Whitmer.
attending. And uh, through Central Detroit Christian, uh, they invited us to come to a new church plant, and that's how we arrived. The first time darkness became real to me was when I lost my son. Uh, I lost my son, Ernest, to a tragedy, to suicide in 2012. Citadel is a great place to be because, you know how, uh, like I've heard pastors say throughout the years, things like, you know, I'm teaching and I'm preaching or I'm responsible for a mantle that I have because yeah, you can shout and yell and run up and down the aisles, but at the end of the day when tragedy hits or when life hits, you gotta have something in you that's really gonna carry you. And so I can't say that the loss of my son, uh, that experience has been, you know, copacetic. Of course not, that's not real. But here's the point, I'm still here. My kids, my other kids are still here. Citadel was that space that gave me what I needed to go through that dark times. And that's when darkness became tangible, but then God became even bigger. And so that's why um, I would say, Faith Citadel, you know, of course we're not perfect. And I always consider what makes me keep coming back, because I've had some church hurts here too, but you know what makes me keep coming back? Because God taught me what's in the head trickles down to the body. And what's in the head, meaning our lead pastor, is love. And love covers over a multitude of sin. And so that's why I keep coming back. When I think about what Citadel, when I think about what Faith Citadel has meant to me the most, I started thinking about this quilt that my grandmother made me. And she took pieces of my old clothes and cut them up and made this beautiful quilt. And this was such an example of what Faith Citadel is to me because God re has repurposed us. He brought us from all walks of life. It's all patterns, colors, shapes. We all blend together and make something beautiful. And this is not a church where you have to fit in and look just like everyone else or be just like everyone else. Citadel, Faith Citadel has always been just come as you are and let us love you just as you are. And I just see that in the patterns of my quilt. I see this as a reflection of what this church means to me, that we are loving and accepting and we wanna help you grow. It doesn't matter where you're starting from, we will help you get to know Jesus better as a church and as a family. And that has been very true for what Faith Citadel has done in my life. Hey everybody, my name is John, also known as BJ. Um, I've been at Citadel since September of 2006. Um, what really kept me here at Citadel is really like the faith that we have for one another, the faith that we have in Jesus. Um, growing up, when I came in, I was coming from my grandma's church, you know, as Pastor often says about most of his congregation, but coming here, it really helped me to build my faith. It helped me to grow as a Christian. I've been at Faith Citadel ever since May of 2018, and what makes this place so special 
is really just the people. I have found such a community here and Pastor Kerry, I always say, is a pastor after my own heart. So I've been in church all my life and I've had some pretty amazing pastors. <laughs> And I'm one of those people who's just like loyal. I stick around for as long as I do um, until the Lord moves me elsewhere. And generally that move comes with a transition. So I moved back to Michigan in 2016 after living in Louisville, Kentucky for about five years. And I did not want to come back to Detroit to go to church. I had gone to Detroit for church my entire life and just didn't want to do it. But I have been having dreams about this church in Detroit ever since I was living in Louisville. And I just knew after a while that this was a place where God wanted me to be. I was trying to join another church and the Lord shut me down, <laughs> made me come here and I've been here ever since. So it's really the preaching, the word, but it's also the people who are living out the word, not perfectly, but just as real people wanting to love the Lord well, wanting to serve him well, and just not expecting perfection, but just expecting truth and realness, right? So that's why I love being here. I can be myself. Uh, all of that means, <laughs> all of that means that I can be goofy, I can be serious, uh, I can be super spiritual, I can be not that spiritual, I can be whoever I am. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about Citadel is that you can just be you and know that you're still worthy of God's love, you're worthy of being honored by Him and by His people, and you can just do your life to the glory of God. So, love it here. Happy 20th anniversary, Faith Citadel. Not every day that a person has the privilege to glance at the faces of people who have seen God make a way for. One of the joys of being a pastor and one of the hard parts of being a pastor sometimes is I get to know the stories. I get to sit in my office and talk to somebody that says, I'm about to kill myself. I get to hear somebody say, I'm addicted to cocaine and crack, and I don't think I'll ever be able to get off. I get to talk to people who say, I, I'm struggling with my sexuality, my gender, and church folk hate me. And I get a chance to look out in this room. And this is why I said, and I just want to say thank you to you all because the joy for me is not so much like things that people will give me, but like the life that you are because of Jesus, that's the gift to me. I left Chicago to come to Detroit, not to have somebody give me a plaque or to give me some kind of a commendation, but to see somebody walk in here one way and then walk out another way because of Jesus. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. I got a long way to go and a little way to get there, so I need y'all to sit down because I will cry this whole time. Uh, Garth, would you come if you would, Garth? Uh, 
Garth McGrath is the superintendent of the Great Lakes Conference, and I would be remiss to have him in our midst. Uh, he, for, for those who don't know, you know, black folk, we have different terms we use. He's my bishop. He's a white bishop, but he's a bishop. <laughs> he serves you all as one of the superintendents of many. He's the order of the Great Lakes Conference. As you all know, this church is an evangelical covenant church. Uh, and I am proud to be a part of a movement that loves God, loves Jesus uh, unashamedly and is committed to the word of God, but also committed to making it relevant in times that call for relevance. Uh, but not only that, he's been a brother. and He's walked with me through some of the darkest times of my life. Um, and it's just been a joy to say um, that he's not only somebody I look up to as a official in the denomination, but as a brother in Christ. So he wants to share something on behalf of our family. I love your pastor. We are proud in the covenant to have Pastor Harvey Carey as one of our covenant pastors, grateful for his ministry and his friendship and our partnership in the gospel. I would like to bring a greeting to you from the Great Lakes Conference. Dear members and friends of Faith Citadel Covenant Church, the churches of the Great Lakes Conference, there are 74 of them, join with you, Pastor Harvey Carey and Dr. Nancy Carey, in celebrating 20 years of God's grace and God's faithfulness to the people of Detroit, Wayne County, the state of Michigan, the Great Lakes region, and other communities across the country whose lives have been touched by the ministry of your church. We join with you in giving thanks for the deep sense of call that Pastor Carey experienced over 20 years ago to leave, and Nancy experienced over 20 years ago to leave their home in Chicago and come to Detroit so they could share the gospel with people who didn't know Jesus. For the selfless group of men and women who stepped out in faith to join the Careys in starting a church. For the growth of the church in the early years and for many lives that were impacted. For the sacrifices that families made to purchase a building where they could worship God, welcome strangers, proclaim the gospel, be equipped for ministry, and pool resources to advance the mission of God in the world. For the many children, teenagers, and adults who have come to faith in Christ through the evangelism ministry of this church and then were nourished, equipped, and sent out into the world to share the love of Jesus with others. For the faithful staff members who served the church over two decades. For the sacrificial living and giving of church members that made it possible for the church to engage in local ministry. To partner with the Great Lakes Conference and the Evangelical Covenant Church to plant new churches, develop leaders, and help struggling churches regain missional traction. And for the many men and women of Citadel of Faith Covenant Church who day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, put to use the spiritual gifts God imparted to them to serve faithfully in leadership roles, on ministry teams, and behind the scenes for God's glory and neighbor's good. On behalf of the Great Lakes Conference, thank you, current members and friends of Citadel of Faith, Covenant Church, or now Faith Citadel Covenant Church, for your continued personal sacrifices for the sake of God's mission in and through your congregation, your life together in Christ, your continuing witness in Detroit, 
and your ongoing engagement at the larger mission of God in the world through the Covenant and the Great Lakes Conference and other ministries you support are offering the hope of Christ to the world. And they are bearing fruit in the form of new followers of Jesus, new church plants, and stronger local churches. Thanks for your faithfulness. May God bless you with his joy as you begin the next 20 years of your ministry in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give God praise for our, our movement, our denomination? We're so thankful. Um, I, I would, it, it, it would be a losing battle to thank all of the people that I'm seeing. Many um, of you who have come back from um, being part of our family, you've gone on to other parts of the vineyard, but you came back to celebrate with us, and we're so thankful for you being here today. Uh, so many of you that have come from out of town, I'm so grateful for my wife's family who came all the way from uh, Chicago to be with us this weekend. So thankful. So thankful of my Salem people and ministers who have here come to be with us today. We're so thankful for them, for pastors and for other leaders in the city and beyond who've come to be a part of this celebration. Again, we're so grateful. Yesterday, we had a ball at the ball. Uh, it was excellent. It was beautiful. And again, we thank all of those who worked so tirelessly to make it an event that was really nothing short of excellent and let me just say uh you you, you we, we got to bring simone cato to preach actually on a sunday uh because she really ministered the word of god you all as i get ready to share the word today and this is probably going to be the shortest sermon you ever heard me preach uh y'all say yeah right uh, but it's true uh <laughs> i hope uh <laughs> Uh, only, only because you all, uh, I want to begin by saying that we really mean uh, what we say when we lift up values as a church. And when we started this church uh, 20 years ago, we knew that God had called us to do some specific things. Not every church can do everything. You can't be everything to everybody. But we knew that there were some particular things, particular core values that God gave to us. And they are this, to reverence God. Remember this, we reverence God to raise, to develop Christians, to raise Christians, then reach people. But then the last one in that that was so important and significant is to release leaders, release leaders. And you all, um, so many pastors and so many churches act like they own members. Did you hear what I just said? And the moment somebody feels led or call somewhere else other than the place that that pastor or that church is if they make the people feel like they betrayed them how many of y'all have ever heard that before with a pastor oh you about to leave me huh um and this church has never been that way because we believe you all that there's some people that are called to remain and serve here you've heard the testimony some 18 years some been here almost since the very beginning uh, but others you all are here for seasons uh, here for a moment for God to pour something in to build something up and for them to go to another part of the kingdom another part of the vineyard and to serve the Lord and so a few weeks ago uh, I got a uh, a call a text from one of our members that said pastor I want to meet with you and what's so crazy is that God already gives me a heads up about stuff in my spirit even before people tell me uh, he said I want to meet with you he sat down and we met together he said you know what pastor 
uh, I, I really sense God uh, leading me to a ministry that is just, he said, first of all, the alignment of the people in that ministry, I already knew these people, but didn't even know that they were in the ministry I was feeling led to. He said that one of them is uh, involved with one of my kids' athletic events, and we've got a relationship with them. One of them I have another relationship with. But this church that's just starting is starting because they want to be active and evangelistic in the community. And they're looking for somebody that will serve and to help in that way. And so I immediately said, man, I am so excited for you, and I am so thrilled to be able to uh, pray for you and to release you to do what God is calling you to do in the next season. And so you all, this family has been a integral part of this church. As a matter of fact, I believe they've taken us to another level uh, uh, on so many levels. But I wanna invite the Bland family to come forward. If you all would, Tam and the kids, and, and Brandon, you can just get off the keyboard. He don't even know how to stop playing. He just, just stop playing, just stop playing. Um, and, and, for, and listen, you all, um, when you get somebody as good as Tam and, uh, you know, and my brother, you don't want to let them go in the natural. How, how many of y'all know that? How, when you get somebody that's really good, people that ain't no good, you'd be like, okay, well, God bless you. The Lord be with you. Uh, the, the, the grace of God be upon you. Uh, you know, you don't care. Yeah. But when somebody's really good, listen, y'all, nobody can do what Tam does. Tam makes stuff happen. Are you hearing? all of this, all of the, all of the stage, all the decorations, all of our social media, all of the order of service stuff? That's Tam. And then Brandon came in at me and took us to another level in worship. Come on up in here. Listen, you don't always get folk that can play and sing and minister not just sing but minister and so you all we want to say we are thankful and don't y'all start crying and they said to me pastor this is our church we're not leaving this church this is our home church we're just being called to another part of the vineyard and so you all uh, as part of the values that we celebrate in releasing leaders I want everybody to stand and extend your hands and can I get some of our leadership some of our leadership team some of our ministers to come and I want you all to stand and surround them and lay hands on them come on all of our ministers elders those of you that are part of our leadership team would you all come and do that praise team would y'all come y'all need to come as well y'all come on when y'all when he got a hold of y'all some of y'all couldn't sing a lick and don't they sound like a recording I was listening to them I'm like is that the, is that a track and that was their voices and we thank God we want you to know that we are so godly proud of you and we are forever family don't you ever get it twisted if they don't treat y'all right now we gangsters too we'll come over there we'll, we'll, we'll come out there in the middle of the night and we'll We'll test some stuff up and be like, we don't know what happened. Um, but we want to say to you that we know that God's hand is on you. And we're not selfish enough to keep the gifts of God in one place. And we know that God is calling you to another part of the vineyard. 
and we send you with excitement and joy we release you with such faith that the things that you thought you saw God do that was just the beginning because God's getting ready to take even both of your ministries to another level so as you go forward go forward knowing that we bless you father thank you for this man of God thank you for his tireless gifts that he's given to this church more than a musician he set up tore down when we were at CDC God he was doing stuff that he was so not being paid to do in the midst of his own challenges and cars breaking down and now down to one vehicle they still made it happen no complaining never had a time that I saw him where he was not joyful thank you for a spirit of a servant and God because of that servant spirit you will take your anointing and take him to another level in you and we thank you for it for Tam we thank you for this mighty woman of God we thank you for the anointing and the gifting that is on her life her heart is tender because she loves this church she loves this family but I thank you Lord God that you love the kingdom too much to have her gifts just be uh, located in one place only so God would you encourage would you bless would you stir up the gifts of God that are within her God the things that you're even uh, nudging in her spirit that she has even told people uh, there are things that you're telling her that she's being led to do that she says that ain't within my gifting that's not really what I'm used to God I thank you that you would give her courage to move in the dimension of the calling that you're beginning to birth in her there's some stuff you've been saying to her that she's been running from but I thank you Lord that in this new assignment she will not just put up stuff and post stuff but she will move into the dimension of the calling that you have placed on her life God I thank you for these babies God I thank you for the anointing of God that rests on their life would you protect them would you watch over them would you not let anybody come near them that don't mean them any good would you allow every relationship that they have to be a relationship that is filled with your grace and your goodness and would you anoint them in such a way that they will realize their gift and they will do what they need to do to serve your kingdom we bless the blame family and faith citadel sends them forth into the kingdom with joy and excitement for the next chapter in the name of the father in the name of the son jesus and in the name of the holy ghost we release them amen and amen and amen and amen and amen Come on one more time, give the Lord praise. That's how you do it. That's how you do that. That's how you do that there. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. <laughs> for 20 years. I've mounted stairs. I've sat in parking lots under attack to too immobilized to even want to go to church some Sundays 
but I pushed. And every Sunday I would say what I'm getting ready to say now, God. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and it's a light on the path. We cannot stumble in the darkness. We cannot stumble with uncertainty when your word leads us. So Holy Spirit, would you speak today so that in the end, God, we would be made better. And we'll be careful to not give praise to Pastor Carey, but to give praise to Faith Citadel, but to give it where it belongs. And that's to you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would open them with me to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 16. Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 16. I'm going to be just reading verses 16 through 20, and I'm going to be reading in the Amplified Version. Uh, I encourage again, and it's so good to see you all looking down at your devices, your phone or your Bible, uh, whatever that is. And I've said before, uh, as much as you want to trust screens and what people will put on screens, uh, the pastor could be preaching something that ain't the word, and the screens could be saying something that ain't the word. You need to have your own Bible to make sure that you are making there's alignment. But Matthew chapter 28, uh, that is the right words though. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, <laughs> beginning at verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed and made appointment with them. Mm. And when they saw him, they fell down and worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus approached and breaking the silence said to them, all authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples uh, uh, were on their way to Galilee, headed to the mountain Jesus had set for their Oh, I'm reading from the message. I'm sorry. Let me go back to, I'm so excited and so full. I can't even follow the text. Verse 19, go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion, to the very close and consummation of the age. Amen. So let it be. I want to read the same text in the message, in the message version. It says, Meanwhile, the eleven disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Watch this. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, and about risking themselves totally. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and command me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you, and I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. I wanna talk from the subject, 20 years of releasing leaders. 20 years of releasing leaders. 
You all, uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary gives a definition of the word leader. And it's really quite interesting because I, I never, in my wildest dreams, would have thought that the first, uh, the first meaning or the first definition that Merriam-Webster gives of uh, the word leader is that of sinew or tendon. If you looked at, if you, if somebody said, what's a leader? You wouldn't be like, oh, a leader is a sinew. It's, it's a tendon. How many, how many of y'all would not say that? You would not think the word leader automatically, the first thing is a sinew or a tendon. Some of y'all be like, I don't even know what that is. All right. So, so that's the first definition it gives. But then secondly, it says someone that is a guide or a conductor. And then underneath it, it, it gives more specificity. One who directs a military force or unit or one of commanding influence or authority. So for the most part, most of us would actually have gone with the last definition. If someone said, what's the definition of a leader? Most people would have said, oh yeah, that's somebody who is an influencer, right? Or has some level of authority. But according to Merriam-Webster, the first thing it says is that a leader is that that is a sinew or a tendon. Uh, but then secondly, it's one who directs a military force or unit. What is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of pastors or leaders in the church? The Word of God is very clear about what our purpose is. The Bible says that the purpose of pastors and evangelists and prophets and teachers and all of the other gifts mixed that are in the body, these gift offices, uh, the purpose of those offices is not for those people to be recognized, served, acknowledged, all of that, but to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. The Bible says that the purpose of pastors in particular is to equip, to give you the tools, to give you the skill, the ability, the understanding, so that you can be uh, well able to carry out and to do the work of service to somebody else. And so you all, church is not about what you can get to keep, but church is what you receive so that you can turn around and be able to give it back. The reason why most churches are never really living out their biblical missional meaning is because they end up becoming spiritually cancerous. That means that when a cell does not divide properly and then expand and multiply properly, it ends up closing in on itself and begins to die. And when churches don't take the goodness of what God has given them and the skills and the giftings and the abilities that God has given them and give it to somebody else, it begins to give back to itself and give back to itself and give back to itself to the point that it cannot actually live what it was called to do. And so the church is called to help uh, equip people to do the work of ministry. One of my callings is to make you uncomfortable. That is why I love next weekend uh, for the Detroit Free Press, uh, and, I, and I know that some of y'all are not going to come and you can't come, for that's okay, but I, I do honestly pray that you would get outside of your house, get outside of your door, and go on the corner of your block and pray. If people can go on the corner and, and, and twerk, you can go on the corner and pray. If people can go on the corner and hit some weed, you can go on the corner and pray. When was 
the last time you saw somebody praying on your corner well you know why you haven't seen it because they've been waiting on you to be the person that prays on the corner well pastor I don't know how to pray I, I'm not a prayer warrior I don't know how to pray you ain't got to be deep you ain't got to know a whole lot of words all you got to know is God my block is jacked up God people are being shot people are being killed uh, things are happening that are not right and I know you're able to make it right. don't be deep with God he's not looking for a King James version of a prayer he's looking for you to talk to him on behalf of your neighbors and on behalf of your city a, a, a city that will begin to cry out to God and not just to the police department and not just to government will begin to see some changes there was a time you all that folk prayed to God and God did some stuff listen I thank God for police and I thank God for the things that they do but they cannot do what God can do are you hearing what I'm saying to you so you all being equipped means that you do not listen you do not keep using excuses to say you don't know what to do when you've been trained what to do one of the things about being at citadel you all is you can never say that you didn't know what to do because the children can tell you what the sermon was about. I ain't that deep. One thing about me, I ain't that deep. Some pastors say, oh, I'm insulted that, that a child would understand my message. I'm glad that my messages are so simple that a six-year-old can be like, I got that. <laughs> so if a six-year-old can get it, then why ain't you got it? You got it. You just don't want to do anything with it. So the Bible says that Releasing leaders is not something that we came up with. It's actually something that Jesus came up with. Imagine now Jesus being the most powerful teacher, the most powerful communicator that ever existed, uh, the most powerful miracle worker, but more than that, the, the very son of God, God in the flesh, now resurrected, getting ready to go back to heaven. But now he's getting ready to give his last words to his followers. What does someone who is the word give as a word to his followers? Man, Jesus said some deep stuff. Love one another as I love you. He could say those words. He could say give and it'll be given back to you. Good message. He could say those words. Those are powerful words. But Jesus very specifically chose some words that he would give to those who would now follow him post-resurrection. Notice what it said, verse 16. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed and made appointment with them. Now, I'm not saying I'm like Jesus, but the reason that I wanted a 20-year celebration is I wanted for one more time, all y'all to be at the same appointed place. <laughs> uh, I just need to have another conversation with some of y'all that's been trying to run away from what God is saying, and I need an excuse to get you back in the room. See, y'all, see, see, anniversary for me ain't about me. It's really like, uh, y'all know I like to trick people sometime into the kingdom, right? So this really was a trick for some of y'all, because some of y'all would never have really come back up in here had it not been a 20-year anniversary. So the fact that you're here, you're here at the appointed time, at the appointed place, the Bible says, verse 17, when they saw him, they fell down and they worshiped him. Some, when they saw him, they acknowledged that this is the resurrected Christ. This is the son of God. And they gave him the glory for who he was. As a matter of fact, some of them were still probably in awe that Jesus had actually been resurrected. 
Many of the people said that his body had been taken. Many people said that there was some kind of a conspiracy. But, but some of them said, no, 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 no. I know that this is the resurrected Savior. And those that knew him and knew that he was God resurrected, that Jesus had now been resurrected from the dead, that all they could do is worship. And you are, I love when some people get in the house of God and they realize that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. And because he got up, they can get up. And because he lives, they can face tomorrow and they worship. I love the fact that some of y'all can come here and your life is toe up from the flow up, but you still worship. Because you know it ain't about you, but it's all about him. I love the fact that in a crowd, there's two groups. We're going to talk about the other group in a minute. There's one group who see Jesus and they begin to worship. They begin to say, oh God, you're holy. Oh God, you're wonderful. I know I ain't got no job, but you're still good because I, I know that you're still taking care of me. I know that my body might be in pain a little bit, but I know that you are a healer and you are a sustainer. So even though everything is not right with me, I'm still able to worship you because I know who you are. I'm just wondering, are there about three or four people in the room that say, even though everything may not be right with me, I got enough sense to know he's still king of kings. He's still Lord of lords. He's still on the throne. He still has all power of heaven and earth. He's still a good God. He's a good father. And regardless of what's going on with me, he deserves the worship. Listen, y'all, I love folk that worship because worship ain't praise. Praise is I'm thanking you for something you did and maybe he ain't done something I can recognize worship is to recognize I give you glory for who you are you ain't gotta do nothing for me you ain't gotta bless me in any kind of way I'm gonna give you worship just because you're God is there anybody here that yeah uh-huh uh-huh oh I so, so, there's, uh, so there's some that came and when they saw Jesus they did what they fell down and they worshiped him but it says but some doubt it in the same group there were some that worshiped when they saw Jesus and some saw Jesus and doubted in the message translation I love how he says it he says uh, some though held back not sure about whether or not they should worship and about risking themselves totally that means in every crowd there's two groups of people there's one group that says, I don't care what you think about and how I'm looking. I don't care what you think about as far as my worship. But then there's another group that holds back, doubting and wondering what risking themselves totally would look like. You know the reason why this church exists? Because <laughs> I risked it all. Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't hearing me. Mike Neal wouldn't know what I'm talking about because Mike Neal was at Salem when I was there. Listen, I was running that church. I was a head Negro in charge at the Salem Baptist Church of Chicago. Pastor Meeks was the pastor, but I was running a close second right behind him. And everybody at that church of 20,000 people, they loved him some Reverend Carey. But I told y'all, the reason I left is it no longer required faith. Because the moment they said Reverend Carroll was preaching, folk was already getting saved. <laughs> Without even hearing the sermon. Reverend Carroll about to preach, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you. I'm like, I ain't said nothing. And because 
I, watch this now, because I knew the people loved me so much, I didn't pray as much. I didn't need God as much because my track record was so good that I could cruise control on my reputation. Watch this now. Watch this. And whatever's not a faith is sin. So I was operating in sin because I didn't need God anymore at Salem to preach because the reputation was carrying me. So some of you all are on cruise control because you're in situations that you don't need God. You lost your job not because God didn't love you, but you were leaning and depending on your job and not depending on God. You better hear what I'm saying to you. God will take you out of some stuff so you will need him. So why did he call me to Denver? Why did he call me to Denver? I like white people. I would have fit in good in Denver. Why did I go to Denver? I would have fit good in Denver. But Detroit. Detroit is deep in where you from. What side of town you repping? Are you from the east? Are you from the west? Come on now. And you might be down southwest Detroit, but we... Eh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Detroit did not welcome outsiders in that day. As a matter of fact, if you're not a part of a denomination, what you mean you ain't a Baptist? What you mean you ain't cogent? What you mean you're not apostolic? You mean white folk at your church? What kind of church do you have with white people in Detroit? It took some faith to pass the y'all crazy selves. <laughs> Come on, you know you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You know you are. And it took some faith to say, God, I'm stepping away from everything I know. All my family, all my relationships, my sweet spot, uh, the, the reputation that has been sustaining me. And I'm going to a place not having any idea who's going to show up. Some will meet Jesus and be intimidated by who he is and are afraid to risk themselves and to give it all to him and let me just say this I beg you to risk it all and give yourself to him you know why because you've not been risking it all and you've seen what that has led you You've chosen to be guarded and you've chosen to be methodical and you've chosen to operate in your own way and your own, this is what I want to do. This is what my five-year plan is. This is what my 10-year plan. These are my gifts. And God says, I don't care anything about your plans. I don't care anything about your gifts. I now want to do something in you that you've never seen done before and I need you to risk it all. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I need somebody that is willing to step out of the boat of complacency and start walking on some supernatural waters and doing what God has ordained. Risk it. 
Tell somebody next to you, risk it, risk it, risk it. Come on, tell somebody else, I need you to risk it. Be, be a little bit of risk, risky business. That's a good sermon, Ty, risky. All right, I'm almost done. I got to finish this. But some held back, not sure about worship and about risking themselves totally. But can I tell those of you that want to be in ministry? You got to be careful to not let the doubters stop you from doing what God is telling you to do. You got to be careful because there will be some people that will talk you out of what God has talked you in. There's some people that will tell you what God cannot do. There'll be people that tell you that you're not qualified enough. You don't know enough Bible verses. You, you haven't been to school. And, oh, wait a minute. You're an alcoholic. You, you're a crackhead. You still go to the club. You're still twerking. You're still doing all this stuff. There ain't no way in the world God could use somebody like you. But you know God called you. And you know God said something to you. And there's some people that will try to talk you out of what God has talked you into, but you got to push past them. Look what Jesus did. I, Jesus, look what Jesus did. And I love this now. Jesus approached not just the worshipers, but the doubters. He didn't stay back because the doubters were not with him, but he approached both groups and said, I'm going to approach those that get it, and I'm going to approach those that don't get it. I'm going to come close to those who are with me, and I'm going to come close to those that are against me. Because I got something to say, and it's so important, I'm not going to be held back by the people that are the, the, contra the, the contractors. Watch this now. It says, Jesus approached, and breaking the silence, because they didn't know what to say, he said to them, <coughs> all authority... In heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now listen, y'all, Jesus is not a liar. And they know that he's the way, the truth, and the life. So you all, you know, I'm a pastor, and there are times that, uh, now it's full today, but there are times that it's not been this full, and I told folk it was this full. <laughs> pastor, how many people was in church? Oh, it was packed. The first three rows. <laughs> so listen, all I'm saying is this. Jesus ain't going to ever lie. He's not going to exaggerate. He's not going to uh, add something more to it. He says, all authority and all power, uh, all rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, listen, if you want to know who's in charge, I am. I'm in charge of not only stuff in heaven, but I'm in charge of stuff on the earth. Can I tell y'all something, Faith today? When you join Jesus, you join someone that is in charge of everything. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and the people in it. And you worried about what people going to do to you. And you worried about how you going to make it. And you worried about how, how you going to be sustained when he says, I control everything and based on that fact let me give you all what I want you to do and you know what based on who got your back it can determine the attitude you have let me just throw a little shameless plug for dr. Nancy Carey based on who I know have my back I ain't got to worry about crazy folk that ain't gonna act right because I do know dr. Nancy will deal with you 
Some of y'all have not met the deal with you, Nancy. But Nancy said, now, I'm the only one in this relationship that can be irritated with you and, uh, and, and, and kind of upset with you. But don't let nobody else bother you for real, for real, because I will deal with them. And she'll tell me, as a matter of fact, honey, you better get that stuff together before I have to insert myself in the situation. Come on, are you hearing me? And her family's here, and she's Haitian. And, and Haitians run deep. She said, not, not only uh, it, 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 will I deal with it, but don't have me call my father. <laughs> don't have me call my father and don't have us reach back to Port-au-Prince. Because them jokers will come up over the water and they'll deal with some stuff up in Detroit, Michigan. So, no, don't, don't, don't. so here's the point. Based on who has had my back, it gave me the confidence and the ability to do some stuff based on who I knew had my back. Has anybody ever had somebody that had your back and based on who you knew had your back, it gave you some confidence and gave you some ability and gave you some boldness and gave you some courage because you knew who was in your corner? Well, can I give y'all a little insight? Can I give y'all a little tweet? Can I give y'all a little update? Jesus got your back. And if God before you who in the world can be against you oh I feel like preaching on this 20th year anniversary if God got you then you ain't got to worry about nobody else that don't have you so he says listen I got authority in heaven and earth so now let me tell you what I want you to do I just got a few more verses and we done it says now based on that um, go Citadel why we got to go outside? Every other church they go to, we stay inside. It's raining outside. It's cold outside. I don't know, no, I don't know them people. They alcohol out. Why we got to go? Go! In, in, the, in the Hebrew, go means go! In the Greek, it means go. How many of y'all know when you got to go to the bathroom, you ain't got to have a training? You got to have a training on how to hold it. <laughs> when little kids learn it, you got to train them not to let it go in the pants. But when you're full of something, you got to let it go. And the reason why some of us are spiritually constipated because you got so much thick, stinky word in you that you've not let go out into the world and bless somebody else that you are spiritually constipated. Go. The church is called to go. We're not called to sit. We're not called to watch. We're not called to observe. We're not called to clap. We're not called to be at a concert. We're not called to sit at a speech and listen to somebody talking. You know what this is? This is like, uh, I told you I'm not a football fan. I, I am now. We winning, y'all. We winning. We winning. All right, all right, all right. But here it is. This is the huddle. This is not the game. This is where you get instructions. This is where you get the playbook. This is where you figure out what to do. Then you break and go out of here and do the game. Tell somebody next to you, we're called to go. Tell somebody next to you, we're called to go. We're called to go. Go. Go and make disciples of all kinds of people. Not just your people. 
all the nations. You all, God has called the church of Jesus Christ to not be so concerned about getting people that look like us, dress like us, have our income levels, our ethnicities, our backgrounds, but to all ethnos, to all people groups, and not just go to them, but make disciples. Make people who understand what to do. And that is why we teach the way we do. That is why I'm more concerned with you understanding than shouting. Because I grew up in churches that shouted people to hell. Shouted people uh, away from their purpose. And for some people, church is really nothing but a, a, another uh, uh, moment to kind of uh, have a, a, just a, 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 it's like drinking and smoking weed, but spiritual. I get to escape and not be involved in the real issues. So I'm willing to risk us not having a lot of shouting, but having a lot of learning and a lot of equipping so we can do the work of ministry. Are you following this? He says, make disciples of all kind of people, baptizing them, and we're getting ready to do that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Citadel, you have been made to be disciples. You have seen us go out and baptize thousands of people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in 20 years. You've seen us be able to see the power of God uh, reach all kinds of people. And you all, let me tell y'all something, please. Hear this now on the 20th anniversary. I'm glad y'all are here. Uh, who Faith Citadel is about to be. Uh, y'all ain't even ready for it, for real, for real. Because the kind of people that's getting ready to come up in here are some people that you're really not going to like that much. Because some of us, we really don't want real lost people. We want quasi-lost people that don't irritate us that much. But who told us that them kind of people come into our church? Uh, God did. And so all nations mean all kinds of people and being ready for that. So finally, he says baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I commanded you. Why is the Word of God so critical to this ministry? Because the Word tells us what God, listen, not requests, but commands us to do. And in 2023, God changes not. I don't care how culture changes and I don't care how culture shifts and adjusts to the sinfulness of man. The Word of God is clear about the will of God. And it changes not. And I'm not going to change the Bible to accommodate sin. Teach them to observe everything, not just the convenient things that I commanded you. And when you do that, watch this now, we want God to be with us and not do none of that. We want God to be with us and we ain't gone nowhere. I ain't going out on no porch. I don't care what they say. I'm going to sit at home. I'm not, I'm not going out on no porch, but God, I need you to be with me. He said, no, 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 no. I said, I'm going to be with you when you do those things. So stop asking me to be with you and you not with me. Stop asking me to be with your agenda and you're not with my agenda. 
Stop asking me to bless your plans and you're not blessing my plan. Stop asking me to fund your life and you've not funded my work. Stop asking me to work with your kids and you've not worked with my son. The reason your life is where it is is because you have not decided to put him first. And when you put him first, then he'll put you first. The preacher that you see in front of you is a broken, messed up guy that God decided to use. Ain't nothing special about me other than I decided to serve him. But can I tell you what I know? You will never have a day you've not seen me love you. You've never had a day that you've not seen me pray for you. You've never seen a day that somebody's been lost and I not went out on the street and said, I'll win you. And if I can do that, in the midst of all of my mess... God's with me. God's with me. He says, if you do that, he says, behold, I'm with you for 20 years and beyond. All the days. And then he, the Amplified says perpetually, uniformly. That means it'll be a consistent showing up. And on every occasion, some pastors might will be happy because the building is full and the Lord is here because of this occasion. But I remember at CDC and there was nobody. The pandemic was going on and there was nothing but a, a camera and I had to show up and preach to a camera but what I knew in my spirit is that I'm not in the room alone because God says he's gonna show up in every occasion not just a 20th anniversary occasion when a building is full but also when there's nobody in the room but a camera here's the question can you be faithful when there's nobody around can you love him when there's nobody supporting can you give him the glory when ain't nobody patting you on the back can you give him all the praise when you don't see any traces or any crumbs of his presence but you know he promised you that he'll never leave you he promised he'd never forsake you he said i'm gonna be with you and so you all, for 20 years, he's been with us. I've never seen a day. Well, not one month has passed that somebody didn't get saved. Did you hear what I just said? Not one month has passed in 20 years that somebody has not gotten saved in this ministry. That by itself is worth giving God glory that in 20 years, not one month passed. All of our needs have been met. We've never had a chicken dinner to meet the needs. We've never had to have a heaven and a hell supper. Some of y'all don't know nothing about that. Uh, uh, to have the needs met. We never had to figure out how to peddle some M&Ms. And some candy and some turtles. To meet the need. But we said, God, if you said you're with us always. If we do what you commanded us to do, if we go and represent you in the world, you promise on every occasion, that means when we have money and when we don't have money, you would always be with us and he's always been faithful. I want to say to you, the same way he's been faithful to us, he'll be faithful to you. The same way he's met our needs, he'll meet your needs. The same way he's shown up for us, he will show up for you. 
The last thing he says is these words, and then this is my clothes, for real, for real. <laughs> he says, and I'll be with you to the very close. To the consummation of the age until the end. I love the way the message says it. I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day right up to the end. I don't know when my end is going to be because none of us do. I don't take my life for granted because this might be my last day. But I know one thing he promised me that as long as I keep my hand in his hand, as long as our church stays committed to his mission and his vision, he will be with us until the very end. I had a chance to look at the table at the gala. Y'all can come if y'all gonna play yet. And, and I saw some pictures of people who passed away and they're no longer with us. And I thought about people who I've had to stand over the grave. And because of this ministry, they, they, they knew the Lord. Because of something that was done in this place, they died with the relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what blesses my heart? Is that for many of those people who passed, God was right with them to the very end. The last breath they breathed, he was in that breath. And I want to just say to those of you that are here that don't have a relationship with Jesus, he wants to have a relationship with you because he wants to be with you in every occasion, day after day, circumstance after circumstance, and situation after situation, but he's, he's requiring something of you. He's asking that you would partner with him. He's in heaven. You're now his body. You're his feet. You're his mouth. You're his hands. But pastor, I'm not good. Who he is? Nobody's good but the Father. But God can take your brokenness, and God can take your little, and he can make it much when you let him deal with it. And so as we get ready to pray, now I want to talk to somebody who may be listening online, who may be on person here, and you, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you do know him, but you've fallen away for whatever the reason. Right now, it's time to get right with him again. In Citadel on this 20th celebration, I just want to say to each and every one of you, thank you for being on this journey with, with, with me. Thank you for being the kind of church that you are that trusted me when I said some crazy stuff to y'all. <laughs> In the midst of all of your uncertainty and maybe even a little bit of trepidation, you said, okay, let's go, Pastor. Let's knock on some doors. Let's wave some palms. <laughs> let's pray for those people. This has been the joy of my life. Not everybody, not, not everybody gets to see what God shows them. Dr. King said, I may not get there with you. He didn't get to see it all. But to God be the glory that before my eyes closed, I'm able to see pastors raised up, missionaries on the mission field, young people 
Miracles sent me, Miracles, my goddaughter. And she sent me a video that she made. She said, Pastor, she said, oh, she said, call me Papa. She said, Papa, I'm going to post it on TikTok because I want to tell everybody about how important it is to love God and love Jesus. A 15-year-old girl wants to make her social media debut, debut talking about Jesus. If this is it, if this is as good as it gets, to God be the glory. If this is, if this is it, to God be the glory for the things he's done. I never see another day if I never have another moment. Thank you. Thank you for being the amazing church you are. I could not imagine. Some of you all have helped me through dark nights of the soul and you didn't even know it. Hospitality won't even know the times I walked in the building. And knowing your struggles that you're facing, you were at the door. Hey, Pastor. And you didn't know what that did for me. I told Michelle and stuff that I knew she was going through. And when she would be lifting in her hands in worship, I said, if she can do that, I can preach today. Person after person after person has helped me to keep going and so thank you heads about eyes are closed if you're here and you don't know Jesus it's not complicated of how to know him you can just accept him by praying this prayer the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus that God raised him from the dead you can be a follower of Christ well past that seems too easy I I didn't write the scriptures I I just tell you what it says he says if you want me you don't have to work for it just accept the gift how do I accept the gift by praying to say I accept it and so his heads are bowed and eyes are closed if that's you today those online same thing if you want to know Jesus maybe you already know him but maybe you've fallen away life has kind of dealt you some stuff and you've kind of backed away from it's okay he's such a gracious God he just says come on back home I'm at the edge of the road waiting for you. No judgment. Come on. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. 
For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer. And let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith. Dot org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.